message is today's race. I don't want to talk about yesterday's race. I don't want to talk about the race that took place 12 years ago or 14 years ago or 100 years ago or back in the 1700s or what may come next week. Today's race. We have a race today. And as my old friend used to say, this is God's word for this hour. I'm confident of it. I'm confident of it as, I, as, as I've ever been confident. This is God's word for you for this hour and for me. Mary's going to do some cometh-ing and some runneth-ing. And so are we if we're God's sheep for his people. It says in John 20, verse 1, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. Not in the nick of time. Early. When it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Now, who is this text speaking about? Mary Magdalene. What was she doing? Cometh. Cometh. She had came to the Lord. She was coming to the Lord. And if the Lord was standing there, and he will be in just a few moments, she's going to still come to him. If she, while she's hugging his feet, she's coming to the Lord. She cometh, cometh to him. Why did she come? There's a whole lot of other things going on. Family was in town. The ball game's going on. My back hurts. My legs cramped up. Uh, I got the kids. The list goes on and on and on. We're potty training. My dog's sick. A lot of things going on. Why did she come to this tomb? She was loved much. She had been forgiven much. And so she loved much. She had to. She had to. Turn over to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. I had mentioned this the other day, but we'll do us good to read it. Luke 7 verse 36 This is when the Lord forgave a sinful woman. Luke 7, 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. She came. She came to it. She brought something with her. And stood at his feet behind him, weeping. Weeping. And began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself. He didn't say it out loud, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she's a sinner. He wouldn't let this happen. We know her. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, 
he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Not be critical, not be the least critical. Which one's going to love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And the Lord said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou did not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, this is good news, are forgiven. Every last one of them. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Go. Go wherever you want to go. Go to wherever you want to do. You're mine. I've forgiven your sin. Go in peace. Go in peace. If this wasn't Mary... Magdalene. This was Mary Magdalene. And if this is Mary Magdalene, this is me. I was drawn. I was made to come to the Lord. He broke my heart because he gave me a new heart in it, made me a new creation. I wept because of him. I wept because of myself, because of the sin that was forgiven. And he said, peace be unto you. You go in peace. Your sin's forgiven. I loved him. Well, how did I love him? Because I'm so good? Because he loved me first and revealed that to me. It's a magnet. I had no option but to come. <laughs> that's, not, that's just the verb we happen to call it. <laughs> People call it natural attraction. This is a, 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 a an almighty attraction. If this wasn't Mary, this was Mary. It says in chapter 8, verse 2, this certain woman is telling about the people that's coming with them. It was the 12 and a certain woman which was healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom seven devils was cast. Someone that was healed in perfection. That's a, that's a big sinner, isn't it? A great sinner. Did she choose to come? Did she choose to come to bring that alabaster box? Did she choose to come to this sepulcher that we read that she's bringing spices to anoint the Lord's body? You think she got there and saw that Joseph and Nicodemus had already covered him in fine linen and, and myrrh and aloe, and she threw that box down and started throwing a little fit? Bet she didn't. She didn't care. She was there to honor her Lord, wasn't she? Does she choose to come? Does anyone choose to come? Did you just sit down and say, today I'm going to read the scriptures and I'm going to find God? That did not happen. You may have said you did that, but you didn't find God. Scriptures say there is none that seeketh after God. Well, how did she come? Turn back to John 6. John 6, verse 
John 6, verse 37. The Lord says, All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. You come to me. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me. I wonder what the Lord's will is. I thank God, Lord. I want the Lord's will to be done. I want what the Lord will have for us. I want what the Lord will have for you. What's his will? The Lord tells us, this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose none, nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, if you end up with a Ford or a Chevy, does it make a difference? What if I live in a mansion or a tent? I have everlasting life. That's the Lord's will. Now, the means by which he brings me to that point, that's okay. That's okay. If it's pain or poverty or being a prince, it doesn't make a difference. This is the Father's will. Verse 41, the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know. How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? And Jesus therefore answered and said unto him, Murmur not among yourselves. They hadn't come yet. They had a bunch of questions. They hadn't bowed. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Is that women too? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Young and old, rich and poor, Jew and Gentile, Bond or free, male, female, it don't make a difference. He has to draw them. The Father draws them. As it is written in the prophets, they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Because I learned so good, no, because the Father drew you. He just said that. This is the Lord's work. There's absolutely nothing that we can glory in or say, well, I did pretty good at that. Nothing. If they're a little bit wrong, how much leaven will leaven the whole lump? A little leaven. Leaven at the whole lump. There can't be any leaven. The Lord has to put us clean out of it and do all the work and do all the saving, do all the drawing, do all the sustaining. And that's good news. If you know what leaven you are. What was the driving force of her coming? A father has to draw. Well, how is he going to do that? What's the means by which that's going to take? John 14. John 14. And that's when she came to his feet and anointed him. That's when she came to that tomb. That's when she cometh and dropped down to his feet again whenever he revealed himself to him. John 14, verse 4. It says, And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? How can we come to you? We don't even know where you're going. And we don't know the way it's going to take to come to you. And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Him and the Father are one. The Father has to draw him, and it's going to be by Christ is how we're going to come. 
Well, I thought we was coming to Christ. Yes. <laughs> We're coming by him and to him. That's good, isn't it? We looked at this. I've seen how long it's been. March of last year, so it's been a while. I'll remind you. Those are definite articles, not indefinite articles. It's not a way, a truth, and a lie. It's the way. I mean, it's just one. That's it. The truth and the life. You remember that life? That's what we lost in Adam. That's what this is who who we're coming to and the means by which we come. This is the surety of our coming to Christ, of our cometh. We were dead. We died in Adam. The Lord said in Genesis 2, He commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And Adam kept breathing oxygen, and he was graveyard dead in the spirit as soon as he ate of it. And he's like, I'm naked. Get me some fig leaves. <laughs> and then he, he, he blamed God. That's, that's disgusting. Isn't it? I'm sure I've done it. When a, a man blames his wife or a man blames God because of, well, you gave her to me. Wouldn't call that a man. That one that came to save us from ourselves. It says in Ephesians 2, And you hath he quickened, you hath he gave life, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Were you wounded or were you dead? What can a dead person do other than be a paperweight and smell the room up? Nothing. Can you hear? They can't hear, they're dead. Can they say a prayer? They can't say nothing, they're dead. Can they wash? They can't wash, they're dead. They can't do nothing, they're dead. That's a simple word. It's a four-letter word. It ain't complicated. One syllable. The Lord taught in one-syllable words. They're dead. He gave them life. He's the life. He gave himself. See that? He's the life. And the truth. There's something else we lost. Whenever the serpent came to Eve, I heard an old woman uh, on a documentary from Appalachia the other day, and she said, uh, they said about a snake getting in her house, and she said, I ain't going back in that house till that snake comes out. And they said, you don't like snakes? She goes, this is just a black snake. And she said, there's enmity between me and the serpent. <laughs> so I heard that growing up too. Still is with this one. That, that serpent came and there was never a lie told on this globe we were, we were living on until Satan talked to Eve. And, and was it bold-faced? It was subtle. It was a little bit of leaven, wasn't it, Cass? Just a little bit. It wasn't air. It was damnable heresy that cast the entire human race into eternal spiritual death apart from Christ. It was a little lie. And it wasn't just that Eve was tricked by the first lie. It's that she believed the serpent over the Lord. That's when we started lying, wasn't it? We just read the other day, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born speaking lies. Lies, wasn't it? And there's a way that seems right unto man. There's, now, I tell you, I've just been thinking about this, and there's a way that I think this is going to work out. But the end thereof are the ways of death, because that's all we are is dead. He has to be our life. He has to be the truth, not what I think. That's what heresy is, opinion. It has to be him as our truth. But God... Oh, man, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. Christ is the word. And we have this written word. If it's not according to the scriptures, there's no life in them. There's no life in them. None. That's what he said. It's plain, isn't it? And he's the way. We lost that too in Adam. 
The Lord clothed Adam and Eve after that, after Adam blamed God with that lamb skin. A lamb was slain. Something had to die because what you had is going to wilt away. Had to be durable. Had to be lasting. And he set those cherubims to guard the garden with a flaming sword, and he did it on purpose. He does everything on purpose. And it says in Genesis 3, he drove out the man and he placed in the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. What did the Lord say to that sword? Smite the shepherd. That's how we live. Isn't it? He's the way. He's the way. Christ is the way and the place of reconciliation. He's the way to the place and he is the place. People, everybody wants to go to heaven. Sure sounds nice. They don't know that that's a person. Capital H, heaven. Not just a noun of a location. It's him. He went to prepare a place. That's what it says up in verse 2 there in chapter 14, isn't it? Atonement, at one That is who Mary was made to come to the first time, and she cometh. If the Lord makes somebody come to him, they cometh. They ain't going to quit. Now that path's going to, they're going to get wore out. They're going to run a race. She had to do some running. She had to do some coming, didn't she? And you're going to get tired, and you're going to slow down, and then you're going to go downhill for a while, and you're going to speed up and catch your breath, and then you're going to get off to this side a little bit. But we're, that's the tenor of our life. Once the Lord's made us come to him, you're going to keep coming. You ain't going to quit. You ain't going to quit. And if you make it to the end and you ain't proved to be faithful, you don't believe him to the end, he didn't draw you in the first place. You're just following somebody else, not him. There was a lot of obstacles for Mary to come that day, wasn't there? There was an earthquake. We just read that. Well, the roads might be closed. They just about closed the road up here. They've been working on it all day. <laughs> well, the road might be out. You know, a big storm come through. Maybe that's what the earthquake was. And it was dark. It was early in the morning. Wasn't it as dark? Well, what if I broke my leg? I'm getting of age, you know, and that's I'm in the dark, walking through the dark. I can't see everything. Or, or if it's dark, what if there's a mountain lion out there? That thing would eat me up. I can't fight no mountain lion. There were guards at that tomb. That's what we read about too, weren't they? They might beat us. If we come there, they're going to kill us and make up another lie. Okay. Even if they aren't there, say those guards are on break, that stone's heavy, and they sealed it on top of it being there, and we're just a couple women. We can't move that stone. What are we going to do? A lot of obstacles. You can have AI print you out 2,000 of them if you want to list that long. Obstacles are nothing, nothing, if the Lord's pleased to call one of his children to himself. We worry about all that stuff. Lord don't. He's the ruler of it. He's sovereign and he's on his throne and he does what he wants because he's God. You understand that? whole lot of things in Mary's life that could have gotten in the way. What did Paul tell us in Romans 8? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, life getting away, life got in the way for me until 4.47 p.m. today. <laughs> There's doctor's appointments and physical illness and everything else. That's no obstacle for the Lord. If he gives a word for the hour, he's going to give it. If he's going to give somebody ears to hear at that hour, you ain't going to plug your ears up. You can't. He's going to bring you, and you're going to listen, and you're going to rejoice. Walk away glad. 
He said, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who's Lord over all. She came to her Lord. That's who she came to. She didn't come to an altar. She didn't come to a priest. She didn't come to the Lord's table. She didn't come to an ordinance. She didn't come to the baptism. She didn't come to the right set of doctrines. She didn't come to a, a, a confession of faith. She didn't even come to her own faith and her own security. And I, I think this is right. I'm pretty warm and fuzzy. She didn't even come to that. She cometh to a person. That's who she came to. She came on the command of her Lord and her God just as every other sinner ever before or ever will is going to happen. Ain't nothing new. This is the way it is. Because he made them a new creation and they're holy and they're righteous and he makes them come and they come. If, if we were truly made to see that we ain't nothing but dogs, <laughs> the master says, come. Y'all know little Lola. She comes to me. <laughs> You want a treat? Come. She'll run right up to me. We'd understand that just as clear as anything, wouldn't we? And rejoice in it. He's a good master. That's what's happened throughout time. Do you know that? Genesis 7, the Lord said unto Noah, Come, thou, and all thy house into the ark. Come into Christ. Come on. For I have seen righteous before me in this generation. You've been righteous. Well, how'd that happen? I made you that way. That's that new creation, isn't it? Back in our text here in John 20. John 20, verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth. She was coming to the Lord, and she saw the stone moved, and then she ran. No, she runneth. She had a race to run. She is alive, wasn't she? She didn't quit running. She didn't run for a little bit. She runneth. That's what the word is. We can learn something from it. Well, I used to do that. No, you don't. Not if the Lord made you run. You'll keep running. She had been given some light. She had seen something. She saw that stone was moved. And the second she saw it, she turned around and ran. We read another account she was commanded to go. But she has given some light. She's given some understanding. And she was going to tell her brothers what she saw. Lord wasn't there to talk to, so she was going to go to her family. Isn't that what the Lord told John and his mother, Mary? He said, behold your son, behold your mother. And John said, when we went home that day, she went to my house. That's my family now. <laughs> family. One that cometh to Christ. When a sinner cometh to Christ, as soon as they think he's not there. If you've been made to come and, and, and you don't see his face and you don't hear a word from him, the soul drive... And your being is the finding. If you ain't with your brethren and you don't see the Lord's face and you don't, have, you don't hear the preaching of the gospel, it will consume you to find him, to find him. When Mary saw that stone was moved, she immediately went to her brethren because she had to be where her Christ was, where her king was. Asaph asked that in Psalm 77, said, Is his mercies clean gone forever? Not forever, but for a little bit. For sometimes the Lord's pleased to hide his face. Is it fun? No. 
I wonder why he did it. That's his business. <laughs> it's right. It's right. Sometimes he doesn't give a word. Sometimes we can't hear. Is it our fault? I guarantee it is. Is the, is the father chasing his child and teaching him just as a perfect father and a wise father does? And there's going to be a, a, an expected outcome. Is he going to get the job done? <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. And Isaiah 54 said, In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. Thy Redeemer. Mary had been given some light. Do you remember that scripture reading we had out of Matthew 28? So that angel answered and said unto the women, Fear ye not, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen. And he told him, he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. And they saw those linens laying there. He, would, he didn't leave in a hurry. He didn't bust out of jail. This is the king at the right time walking out. And he told him, he said, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. And there you shall see him. And lo, I've told you. I told you. <laughs> you tell him something new. He just told him what happened. <laughs> There's somebody getting on to a faithful man of God. Uh, I think they're trying to insult him, and, I, and they made him real happy. They said, all he does is just tell us what that word says. <laughs> you know, that's a miracle. God says it's a miracle. The poor have the gospel preached to us. Well, man don't think so. Who cares what man thinks? The Lord said it's precious. <laughs> I want it to be precious to me. He said, I told you. And it says, they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and with great joy. That's something the Lord teaches us too. We don't come in here for a party. We don't come in here showing our face and how long much we've been fasting. We're to worship God. Psalm 2 says, you serve the Lord with fear and you rejoice with trembling. And it says, they went with fear and great joy and did run to the disciples. This word. There in John 20 verse 1 again. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. She had a race to run. <laughs> hey, go over there. And she gave it all she had. She cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark under the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. And she runneth. You can look at the root words, all these things. It means she was sprinting, giving it all she got, as hard as she could go. And cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, John, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together. They didn't mosey over there. They didn't stroll. Like, well, we got a little time killed. Y'all want to stop and get something to eat on the way? They both ran together. And the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulchre. We touched on that last week, too. Does that mean that John loved? They don't even say Mary's probably winded. She might have been 10 minutes behind them. Does that mean John loved the Lord more than Peter did because he got there first? No, that means he was a faster runner. You know how I said that about uh, uh, Abraham and Sarah? It says Sarah was so beautiful, the king. She's up in her 90s. Do you know what that means? That means she's real pretty. That happened. There's a lot of spiritual meaning to that, but practically... Physically, what happened? John just outrun Peter. He was younger. He's a better runner. Mary had a race to run. She ran it. Peter had a race to run. He ran it. John had a race to run, and he ran it. And they ran at different paces and seemingly different objectives, right? She went to go tell them. They went to go see. And, I, and they probably had different pain in different areas of their body when they were running this race. 
One of them's right leg hurt. The other one's left leg hurt. One of them got a side stitch and they didn't know how to breathe out to get rid of it. They had a cramp or something. They had different ailments through that. What's that show us? Paul wrote about this in 1 Corinthians 12. He said, for the body's not one member, but many members. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, am I not the body? Is it there therefore not the body? Ain't, I got a right foot and I got a left hand. Ain't they both a part of me? <laughs> I want to keep them, I can tell you that. Yeah, it's a part of the, part of us. He said, does the ear say to an eye, well, I'm not an eye, so I'm not a part of the body? Of course not. They're different. They serve different purposes, but we're all part of the body. He said in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. The Lord gave each one of them a different ability to run that day for that day's race. The Lord's given each one of us in this room a different ability to run. And different different cramps, different side stitches, different dehydration, different pain, different joy, different endorphins. Some may say, well, I just attend. No. No. You don't. The Lord's given us something to do. He's given you something to do. To pray. To work. To support the gospel. To clean. To read. To sing. Something. The Lord's gave us something to do. He said, go forth and preach the gospel. Well, if I'm tied up cleaning and, and setting the songs and doing all the working and doing everything, I'm sorry, but that's the Lord gave it to me and did everything else. Well, I ain't got no time to preach the gospel to nobody. That's why I gave deacons and all these other things. That's why you're here. God gave us something to do. I can't pray for me all the time. <laughs> I want to. I got to pray for you. So you got to pray for me. That's how that works. And I want to be made faithful. God gave me a race to run, and I want to run it rightly and to honor him. I do. He has to make me that way. I fully understand that. And I want to ask him to make me faithful to do that. I don't want to look back on my service to the Lord and just painfully, obviously see how slothful I was and the job that he gave me to do whether that's cleaning that toilet back there or rewiring one of these lights or preaching the gospel. I don't want to see how flippant I was and how just lackadaisical I am. Well, you know, that's okay. That's just what we do. I don't want to see how I didn't take it seriously, how I pushed it off. As we used to say, I shirked my responsibilities. God gave us these responsibilities. Now, he has to make me do it, but I want to ask him to make me do it. Whatever the race I want to run a good one because I love him. I've had my sin forgiven. That's a, that's a reasonable thing. And that's a reasonable obligation. A steward has to be proven faithful. I want to be made faithful. I want to fight that good fight of faith and I want to lay hold of eternal life. That's what Paul was telling Timothy in 1 Timothy 6. He was talking to Timothy about Timothy and about preachers and all that but he he talked about himself a little bit he was reminiscent on his race turn over second timothy four i think we got time to do it second timothy four look here in verse one second timothy four one <clears throat> paul writes to young timothy and says i charge thee therefore before god and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. 
preach the word. Preach the word. Whatever the Lord gives you for that hour, preach it. And you preach it according to this word. Rightly divide the scriptures. Study. Prove yourself worthy by study. That's what he told Timothy. I read that often. Study, Timothy. Prove yourself faithful. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. He didn't say you're going to be good at it. Gabe preached that a couple months ago. He said, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if I have liberty or not. If the Lord's going to bless it, he's going to bless it. It doesn't matter if I'm the kindest person you've ever met or I'm a jerk. It doesn't make a difference. The Lord's going to bless it if he's going to bless it. Now, we want to be kind. <laughs> we want to be, be good at it. But that don't matter. Do it. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. You're going to rebuke. You're going to exhort. You're going to reprove. And it's going to be with long suffering. You keep doing it. And it's going to be according to this word. And there's going to come a time they won't hear it. Well, he don't know nothing. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. If, they can't, if you ain't telling them yes, they'll find a yes. They'll keep asking every preacher they can find until somebody tells them what they want to hear. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. You go to other places and preach too. Make foolproof thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered. I'm telling you these things because I had experience, Timothy. I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready to go home. And the time of my departure is at hand. I want to impart some last-minute knowledge to you. I'm telling you these things. Paul says, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. That's running a good race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Well, I thought that crown was going to show up. No, his appearing. He's our crown. <laughs> He's our king. What's the reward we're going to get? Are we going to get crowns and, and different levels, and I'm going to be in a bigger mansion, or I'm going to have jewels or something? No, it's Christ. And to the, everybody that loves his appearing, I want to see him. I want to smell him. I want to hug him. I want to thank him. There'll be 30 minutes in glory that we're going to just cry. <laughs> we're just going to be so happy. We can't stand it. And he said, then I wipe away all your tears. You ain't going to cry no more. I'm with you. I'm going to love that appearing. Sometimes I see him clouds rolling over him hills back there. It did this evening when the pressure's just right. And I thought, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's opening up. And this is done. <laughs> I'm going to be ready. If I live another 43 years, I'm really going to be ready. Mary ran and told Peter and John, and I, I thought of another woman that had a race to run. Lord used a lot of women, didn't he? They thought so little of in a misogynistic day and age. They can't use the authority over man. They're not to be teachers. But the Lord uses his daughters too. They don't sit around and get special treatment. Puts them to work. Whole list of them. But there was another one at a well. What, look, turn over to John 4. This is sweet. And then I'll, I'll go real quick through it and explain it. And we'll close. John 4. There was a woman at a well. That ain't right. A woman that came to a well. John 4, verse 3. Speaking of Christ. And he left Judea and departed then, departed again into Galilee. Well, that's where he met them disciples and, that, uh, and Mary and all them, wasn't it? That's where he says he's going to appear to him. 
and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, about high noon. And the Lord came there, and he sat down. Who was there first? He was. Verse 7, there cometh, and there came, there cometh, a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. You know what? Didn't Mary come to him? All the Marys come to him. You know Mary? That's a real popular name too. That's Mara. Remember what Mara meant? That's what Naomi was called. Bitter. Bitter. She was made bitter. All the ones made bitter, they cometh. They cometh. Well, he talks to her. Doesn't he? Uh, how many, are you married? <laughs> how many husbands you had? He told her everything that she had, wouldn't, had probably forgot about too. <laughs> this man told me all things. And she ran and she went into the city. She ran, and she told those men of the city, those people she was friends with down at the public house, down at the pub, and she said, come see a man. Come see a man. He's, this man spoke like no man's ever spoke. Come hear him. Come see him. Come see him. And they came, didn't they? Because she asked, they came. Why did Peter and John come? She had, she had given some light, and Mary had been given some light, and she told her brothers and said, come. And they came. They come running, didn't they? This woman went to her fellows and said, come, come. I came, you come too, come, come here about a man. And they said, all right, we'll go because of you. And the Lord spoke to them. And then some of them believed, and then he spoke for another two days, and some of them believed more, more of them believed. And it says down verse 42, John 4, 42. Remember the will of the Father? Was it everything, everyone given to him is going to come to him? They're going to have everlasting life. He ain't going to lose none of them. Here's the means by which the Lord does that. Those men, they believed. And they said unto the woman, John 4, 42, Now we believe. We came first because you asked us to. But now we believe. Not because of thy saying. It wasn't because of you. For we have heard him ourselves and know that this indeed, this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. What was that woman's race? That Samaritan, that half-breed. She came to Christ, and then she ran. Go tell about Christ. What did they do? They came to where Christ was. Christ revealed himself. He drew them. He revealed himself. And now they declare, you, you just happen to tell me to come, but I ain't believing because of you. I'm believing because of him. And that's, that's the Lord right there. That's the king. That's the king. How'd you get here? Lord brought you. And you heard. What we do now? Well, we got a little bit of race to run, don't we? We ain't going to just sit on our laurels and twiddle our thumbs and, and talk about things. We got some work to do. I want to tell somebody else. I got brethren out there that ain't heard this yet. And I want to tell them. Just because somebody come told me. Precious how the Lord works, isn't it? All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the faithfulness of our Redeemer. Thank you for the long-suffering he is towards us, and kind and full of tender mercies. Lord, forgive us for what we are. And though it be painful, use us. 
use this local assembly that you've gathered in this vast Egypt. Lord, and allow us and make us <laughs> to speak of Christ only. And as you've promised, draw all of your children to our Lord. We know this will be done, Lord, but we ask it. And make us faithful and keep us till the end as you promised. We know your promises, Lord. We're so grateful for them. Be with our brethren here and throughout this world and, and those that we don't yet know. You haven't revealed who they are and who Christ is to yet. And that all judgment's been satisfied. Give us a word of peace for them. Thank you for this hour, Lord. It's because of Christ we ask it. Amen. All right, Brother Mark.